The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Real money, we're going to be talking about assets that stand the test of time. And right now, supplies are limited. Time is running out to protect yourself, protect your family. We're going to talk about why you need to hold these assets in your portfolio right now and why you should also always follow the motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. You do not want counterparty risk in these type of times. What type of times are we talking about? We're talking about the type of times where governments and central banks are printing so much money that hyperinflation is almost guaranteed. I'm not quite sure how they're going to avoid it. The Federal Reserve seems to be just praying, trying to pray away inflation of their own cause. They caused it themselves, and so now we are all dealing with it. I just uh, saw an article from Spencer Fernando. He's a great conservative journalist here in Canada, and he was showing that in 2006, the monetary base in Canada was $50 billion, and today it, it went up 286%. It's now over $500 billion. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that anyone living and working in Canada is making 100 times their income of 2006. So these are are very concerning times. And if we're only sitting with paper assets, dollar denominated assets, where you're essentially short the gold and silver market, you are unhedged, you do not have anything that is negatively correlated to the dollar. So we want to talk today about hard assets. Again, assets that have stood the test of time. How long? Oh, they're still pulling up Roman coins. Mm gold coins that are in perfect condition, Mm -hmm. exactly how they were thousands of years ago. So that is a time-tested asset. And these are the type of assets that you need to have in your portfolio. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. Joining me today is Jerry Karaya. Jerry, how was your week? It was a wild ride this week. Very busy, but ultimately very good. Were you able to uh, supply all of your orders, handle all of your orders? You know what? really up to this minute just getting really caught up but we are thankful that we're able to get uh, the the bullion delivered we are getting deliveries in as we speak Uh, but it's been a wild ride to say the least it's great to see how many people are are waking up to understand we need some physical metal in our portfolio that the government is not here to help us Um, they're here to uh, to steal from us essentially Um, with that said I'm gonna just start the the show off with a quote here from the famous John Maynard Keynes. Now, John Maynard Keynes is an economist that all economists today love to follow Mm -hmm. in the idea of, you know, when times are tough, print money. Um, You know, he was uh, misunderstood uh, when he talked about gold being a relic. He was essentially just commenting on the fact that the system had gone far enough that we'd already kind of abandoned the gold market. So it's not, so he's been misrepresented a lot in Mm -hmm. in that sense. But listen to this quote from John Maynard Keynes. By a continuing process of inflation, governments can confiscate secretly and unobserved an important part of the wealth of their citizens. By this method, they not only confiscate, but they confiscate arbitrarily. And while the process impoverishes many, it actually enriches some. Mm -hmm. 
So we, they know what's going on. They know that they can't tax you anymore, but they can inflate it. And the question is, why won't the Fed raise interest rates and try to battle the inflation of their own design? Unless it's to unless it's to confiscate wealth, mm-hmm. call me a conspiracy theorist, but I just don't see any action from the Fed that says they want to battle this inflation. What uh, what say you, Jerry? No, they can't. Um, they're they're one week they're hawkish, the other week dovish, and as we're recording today on the Friday, we're learning of a new variant potentially in in South Africa, and it's a perfect timing, similar to two thousand. Uh, 20 when uh, the COVID came to light. Um, the banking system at that time, we were going through the overnight repo market uh, failures, overnight markets that were about to crash, literally, that they were injecting trillions of dollars overnight. And, you know, when the COVID came, they were able to loosen everything up. And this is why we're seeing this morning, uh, Yahoo, from Yahoo Finance, uh, traders are now betting that we're going to probably scale back the need for raising interest rates and scaling back the need for tightening. Let's keep everything loose, which is hyperinflationary. And this is the experience that we are we are seeing here. It's a, it's, it's a, a diversion away from reality and what the data is showing us. The data year over year in the United States is saying that inflation is at 4%, but we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing natural gas up 28%, eggs 12% up, laundry equipment 15%, gasoline up 50%. So you could temper, you could tamper with the the CPI data and show us with your data that we're only getting four percent inflation, nothing to worry about. But boom, fifty percent up on your gas, and also four percent every. If you were getting four percent consistently year over year, every ten years, that's forty percent of your purchasing power gone. So once you put it into a bit of a larger perspective, and you realize, wait a minute, it's not transitory. This is here to stay unless we actually deal with it. Now, the way to deal with it is not not call your local MPP. It's not going to happen that way. The idea to deal with it is to get out of the dollar, which is quickly losing its value very, very quickly. Now, you, you, the, the, what you were sort of putting forth there was kind of the Lynette Zhang. Um, you know, she's an analyst in the market out of, out of the States, ITM trading, I believe it's called. And her sort of thesis is that, is that the pandemic was convenient in many ways to use as an excuse for central banks to, to, basically shutter the chessboard and say, we don't have to deal with our issues anymore because we can just wave, wave our hands to the, the whole situation and just keep printing. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any, we don't have to deal with the responsibilities of what we created before. And you get public support by, you know, you get the justification to, to print because the public will be behind you to combat this, this larger enemy uh, that threatens society. So uh, it's a great play. I mean, it's it's quite evident for me, not not so much for many other individuals, but uh, the writing is on the wall, and we're going to continue to convert out of our fiat, convert out of our pesos and liras, uh, convert out of paper currencies and into tangible gold and silver. And it's just been uh, a great effort uh, with the team here at Guildhall to help people this week. Uh, congratulations for those who were able to get into the market, get the 2,000 ounces of silver, get the gold in their portfolios and the RSPs. So kudos to you guys. You know, um, especially in the, the silver market right now, and gold to a great extent, I, I've been pointing out to a lot of people that both gold and silver over the last two years are up you know, 50, 60%. And on the year, they're down, 
I don't know, at this point, I think gold's down less than 2%, maybe 3% today. Uh, gold's, silver's down something like 5 6%. So it's not a huge give back in terms of over the last couple years. And we're still at the end of November here with December to go. Uh, so there's a lot of room to, to run in the metals market to get into positive territory, which I'm confident we will get into the into that territory. But for people just casually observing the market, you can't believe what you see, right? <clears throat> Lou Reed, my favorite, one of my favorites, Lou Reed, oh, he had a song and he said, believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is very true when it comes to the precious metals market, because if you're just going to watch the price of silver or gold and the price is bouncing around in a range in, let's say, gold from 1775 to 1850, what are you learning? What are you actually observing? What's beneath the surface? So let's let's unpack that a little bit. Let's dig in. Let's go diving underneath the surface and see what's actually going on. So, for example... In the silver market, you have a massive drain of inventory off the COMEX, mm-hmm. something like 50 million ounces this year, yeah, that's right. which is huge. You have a paper price that's not moving and a physical market that is inc- tight as a drum in terms of availability. It is – the juggling is getting tough in terms, of, in terms of providing product. It is getting tight, tight, tight out there. And yet the price would reflect – that everything is okay. And, you know, when gold is the symbol of money and wealth, right, even though the corporate media doesn't, you know, they poo-poo it in many respects, um, you know, you look at the price of gold and if it's not doing much, people think, well, you know, subconsciously, if it's the barometer of the health of the finance system and gold isn't skyrocketing, then everything's okay. Mm -hmm. But it's not okay, is it? Not at all. Um, I think that's a great segue to what's happening. I mean, we celebrated, the U.S. celebrated their, their Thanksgiving yesterday. We're recording Friday, so yesterday was Thanksgiving. Um, and there's a lot of, I think one of the biggest headlines was how expensive turkeys and the Thanksgiving dinner has become year over year. Well, they must have been listening to our show a couple of weeks I think ago. So, so for example, over the past 20 years, the cost of an average Thanksgiving <laughs> meal has risen 40%. Priced in gold, however, the cost of that turkey day has fallen a whopping 78%. So not only has that Thanksgiving dinner priced in US dollars gone up 40%, if you bought it in gold, uh, you, you it would have been much, much cheaper, about 78% cheaper. So this is very, you're not seeing it. It's not very evident. It's not, you know, smacky in the face, sort of, uh, sort of a realization, but it's very stealth. But the savvy, the wise that see and are, and, and are doing and analyzing the data not the ones that are reporting the data. If you see the data yourself, you can quickly adjust your portfolio to say, I don't like what's happening here. I don't like the fact that, uh, for example, the largest pension plan is approving leverage in the US. The America's largest pension plan has approved to use leverage to meet its targets. And they're saying this after years, after decade, about a decade, of huge stock market gains, they're still not keeping up. <laughs> so they got to chase yield and chase risk. Are we going to do that right now? Absolutely not. Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> Coming up in the next segment, let's look at how go- a real live case study on how gold and silver are hedging against a hyperinflationary event happening right now today in the world. 
And then we're also going to look at a call for silver, which is an incredible call. And let's compare the two together. What's happening in the inflationary event, hyperinflationary event? What does it look like with this call? And then I'm also going to give kudos to you, Jerry, about why this call, why they're calling for this call. And something that you've talked about often on the show in the past. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. This is all about hard assets, assets that stand the test of time, that are going to protect you during this inflationary event that we're running through right now. The number again, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Give us a call. This is The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. At Guildhall Wealth, we only deal in physical precious metals as well as natural fancy colored diamonds. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But right now, we want to talk about what's going on in the precious metals market and understanding that you can't always just purely believe what you see out in the world and especially in the markets for gold and silver. Jerry, I wanted to bring to your attention um, a great video I was watching. I mentioned it last, I think I mentioned it last week, maybe the week before. Uh, Rafi Faber, um, he's with the Endgame Investor and he puts out a daily report on uh, Seeking Alpha. Um, I love this guy. He is so great. He's very easy to understand. He's bringing great information to the table. And he was talking this week, I guess it was yesterday, on on his update about what's going on in Turkey. So, uh, you know, we missed our segue, by the way, from Turkeys to Turkey. But um, nonetheless, what's happening right now is they're experiencing inflation at over five and a half times. It's it's hyperinflation at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now we're looking at uh, gold going parabolic right now in Turkey. Uh, the Turkish lira actually fell to historic lows this week as annual inflation now nears about 20%. And in that atmosphere, both gold and silver have gone up five and a half times. In other words, if you, if you held physical gold and physical silver, you have been completely hedged against the devaluing of the lira. And you know when else that happened? That happened exactly during during uh, Brexit. Right. In 2016, the pound lost 30% against a basket of currencies and gold went up 30% in the British pound. So when Brexit happened, if you had physical gold in your portfolio, perfectly hedged against the fall of the British pound. Mm-hmm. And remember the Brexit, that was a purely political uh, as far as the currency was concerned. In this case, it's, it's strictly currency and monetary policy failures at the utmost and this is this is amazing i mean if we're seeing um you know the gold to the turkish lira right now it's up about five and a half times and it's going to continue year uh, even day by day week by week it's going to continue to multiply um and the issue is uh their currency is 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 not backed by by gold and we saw a few weeks ago we were talking about venezuela turning to gold using gold grams to buy necessities. The, Tur- the Turks are actually doing the same thing with gold. They had to turn to something that is tangible, that is decoupled from conventional arrangements. And this is the argument for gold. What makes gold so special? What is so special about physical gold? 
it performs when conventional arrangements fail. This is the reason why U.S. holdings must be fully decorrelated. We're talking about the reserves at Fort Knox and West Point. They don't hold it at the bank. They hold it in depositories, similar to Guildhall. And it has to be decorrelated from the risks inherent in these conventional, conventional arrangements. Financial institutions, for example, financial even banks, for example, currencies. These are all conventional arrangements that will eventually fail when you have Keynesian type of monetary policy. Uh, MMT type policies. This is what we're in. Find, you know, this is uh, something that you need to escape. This fractional reserve system needs to reset, and it's it's um, you know it's crazy because Venezuela. One thing you know, we know that they're going through turmoil socially. Uh, they're a socialist nation, uh, but Turkey. I have a chart here from the source World Bank. Turkey's number twenty GDP globally. You know what you see is they're doing very well according to their GDP. But they're hyperinflating right now. The people on the streets they can't even buy with their with their liras. So which is it? They're number twenty in the G twenty, but on the other hand, we see we see something else. So again, the data suggests that they're doing very well on paper, but right now they're on the streets and it's it's like Mad Max right now in Turkey. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Well, we certainly hope it doesn't get to a Mad Max scenario here. Um, in North America, but it's good to be prepared. It's good to not have to worry about it. And obviously knowing that the supplies are quite tight in both physical gold and silver, that it's better to be it's better to be a month early than a day late in this market, which has always been the case. I think maybe sometimes people are waiting for some massive big rise, like what you saw in 1980, um, early 20th century a couple times. But and again in 2010-11, that's going to come. And we're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. But still, it's not about waiting for your moment to jump into the jump into the waters to own this because you might not be able to get it. Or when the time comes to try to get involved in the market, the price, you might have already missed a big jump in the market. And, you know, if you look at gold over the last 20 years, averaging 11% a year, and you look at the you look at the chart in gold in Canadian dollars had three down years in twenty years, mm -hmm. two of which were less than two two percent negligible. Right. I mean that is not a volatile asset at all, and that's something that while inflation is stealth, mm -hmm. the rise in gold has also been stealth. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you know in in the early two thousands, every corporate media station was saying, "Oh, it's at a it's in a bubble." Oh, you don't want to buy it. It's already it's already gone from two fifty to four fifty. You don't mm -hmm. want it. You know this is this is crazy. Why why don't why is the general opinion out there that you shouldn't hedge yourself, that you should just squander in this inflation and just deal with the prices of everything going up rapidly? I don't. It doesn't make any it's, sense. It's, it doesn't make sense. You know, my time uh, trading FX at the banks. Uh, you know what we were, what we would do, what our task was to hedge a company's exposure in the foreign exchange markets, whether it be you know buying uh, forward contracts or option contracts in, in euro dollars or whatever the currency is. The point is that you feel as though you need to protect your purchasing power, so you're going to lock in a rate at a specific point for a tenure of time, and that's hedging. Because if you didn't hedge, your company would be at risk. How much more important is your family versus a company? versus business. So being open and only invested in stocks, bonds, cash, this approach, that is archaic. That is a, 
is is a is a is an old traditional method of diversification. But you're diversifying no longer because they're not negatively correlated with each other. You need to add negatively correlated assets to the U.S. dollar. And that's all been cam- cannibalized as well because of the Fed money printing, because of Canadian money printing. The money's got to go somewhere. If you're not going to raise interest rates and you're going to keep interest rates low, you got to you got to take it. You got to invest. You got to chase yield. You got to take risk, right? And their answer to everything is just keep printing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How is that supposed to stop inflation? You know, the Fed, what they want to do, if you if you really look at what they're doing, they let the bathtub run run and flow over. Right. Water is seeping through the floors. It's it's dripping into the kitchen. <laughs> it's everywhere. And you know what the Fed is saying? Ah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to turn the tap down a little bit. That's what we're going to we're going to turn it down to a dribble. We're not going to turn it off and try to try to clean it up. We're just going to just going to turn the tap down a little bit. And then what they do on the other side is they they got someone in the back end turning the tap on the sink because mm-hmm. they always have a back door to the banks. Yeah, the fiscal policy. Yeah, the government says let's build back better. You know where are they getting the money for the repo market? Where's that coming from? Out of the blue, mm-hmm. you know. But it but there's a trickle down effect, and that is the people at the top are going to get access to that money. They're going to get access to the behind the scenes, you know, trades. In the meantime, once that money trickles down to you, you're paying three times as much for your for your uh, Thanksgiving turkey than you did a couple years ago. And how are you going to protect yourself against that unless you are a brilliant trader? Mm-hmm. And going back and pivoting back to Turkey, you, you mentioned something that, that struck a chord with me. And I just want to bring up this article once again uh, about about the taps, you know, um, and thinking that we could just borrow more money and, and inject more money to fix the system. That's exactly what the president of Turkey tried to do. Uh, president Erdogan, he's in light of the, the lira in Turkey going through some crazy um, reduction in living standards, uh, a lot of jobs being lost, and people now struggling to buy food. food. The president argued that they should reduce borrowing costs to stimulate and to promote growth, and that will lead to expansion. It's not working. So what's going on is this is this is not going to be an isolated event. This is going to trickle outwards. Remember, we are very interconnected in this market, in this global trade and in global finance. Everything is interconnected. Underlying is the U.S. dollar, the reserve currency. Um, and, you know, there was Mark Mobius, he's a famed investor, and he concluded his article about Turkey, what's going on in Turkey. They may not be the only country facing a currency crisis. And he argues that countries that have significant debt denominated in U.S. are likely to be hit hard if there are any increases, increases in borrowing rates in the U.S. This is supported by a recent report from investment bank Nomura out of Japan that has placed Egypt, Romania, and Sri Lanka as the currency crisis into the currency crisis crosshairs. So once again, when in during times of currency crisis, gold and silver will become that role. It will fill in that role. It becomes currency, it becomes the money as we're seeing the everyday individuals using gold once again. And as people start to adopt the currency of gold into their portfolios, the ratio of people invested in gold starts to break the short markets, starts to break the futures markets, and then we will see, you know, huge tailwind for gold and silver prices to be moving a lot, lot higher. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And, you know, we're talking about all this money being just washed everywhere, uh, just 
just flooded into the market. And, you know, this is one of the things we've talked, we've mentioned this before, you know, it won't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Go about your day, but it doesn't matter until it matters. And right now in Turkey, it matters. Mm -hmm. And, and right now, everyone in Canada can see the prices rising everywhere. You know, and the government's making money off that, right? If your grocery bill is higher and you're paying HST on that, you get it. They're getting more money. Mm -hmm. If your if your gas prices are going up and you're paying HST on that, they're getting more money. That's right, right? So, you know, the government is 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 getting it back somehow. But the question is, is how are you going to preserve your your wealth? And we've known that gold and silver have always hedged against devaluing currencies. It's a given. It is. It's historically known. This is fact. Mm -hmm. And so this is a reason to have physical precious metals in your portfolio. Now, we can say it's not for everyone. You know, maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe okay. some people have the ability to do their investments and get a yield that is above and beyond inflation. We just personally feel that keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. And gold is about as simple as it gets. They're still pulling gold and silver out of the ground from thousands of years ago as when it was money. Right. And it's still money today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, it might not be a currency. You might not be going to the grocery grocery store and paying for your groceries with an ounce of silver. That doesn't mean it's not money. It doesn't mean it's a store of value. The question is, is, is the dollar a store of value? Will the dollar continue to be a store of value? And we'll get into that in the next segment. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, in the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, a call for silver that is extraordinary, and it's part of the call that Jerry has made in the past. So stick with us. It's The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Now, Jerry, over uh, the last week, we did see a pullback in gold and silver. Not a huge one, but uh, just kind of a retracement, kind of a retest, if you will, of, uh, of some of the recent lows that we've seen. Uh, there's a part of me that feels like the overall gold market is looking at these pullbacks and saying, you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. We're, you know, they're shrugging it off in a way or realizing that these pullbacks just don't have the power that they've had in the past that would freak everybody out. People just are not scared of these pullbacks at all. In fact, they lick their lips and they decide I this is a great buying opportunity and a great entry point. Um, now, we're also seeing this pullback at a time that we're seeing the US dollar kind of reach a, a new high in a way. Mm hmm. As we discussed last week on the show, we were talking about technical levels showing exhaustion. Uh, I did mention that the gold prices, the extended, the extensions moving higher was uh, was being overbought and possibly ex exhaustive. So uh, we did see a retracement uh, in the gold prices this week. Uh, as we look to the U.S. dollar index, which is uh, the currency basket versus all other major currencies hitting a one-year high, that is looking overbought and exhaustive now as we look at the charts. Uh, and as we look back to gold, uh, we saw gold has just had a wild ride this week, uh, surging to highs literally back in August. Um, and we're seeing it uh, retrace back to the 1760, 1750 mark was my support level. We bounced off of the 1760 mark. But why? Why did that happen? So the biggest fall came this 
this week when uh, President Biden nominated Jerome Powell for another four years, re-elected uh, as the chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, rather than Lael Bernard. So he, Bernard was perceived to be a far much more dovish, uh, which is loose monetary policy, meaning let's print more, let's cut more than Powell. But yeah, very, very loose than the guy who printed 40% of all the U.S. dollars over, over this past and has, year. And has no backbone to raise interest rates. And, and has yet, kept rates. And yet zero. the market would want the same person because there's the continuity aspect of it so they don't have to deal with someone new. So it's, it's kind of a lot of BS that the market even reacted at all to it. It, it took that opportunity to react the way they wanted it to react. Okay. So they used that as a time to push the button down. And it was just algorithm trades, um, light trading volume this week because today is Friday, Black Friday markets are closed half day, yesterday was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, very low volume. So you will see markets get exacerbated. But gold is very steady. Gold has broken back over 18, now steady over at 1780. A.G. Thorson, who is the technical analyst, expert and editor at goldpredict.com this week posted this update that sentiment for gold is shifting in, in its favor and he sees potential for a strong snapback rally heading into 2022 and further provided that uh, with accelerating uh, inflationary data he suspects gold will break upward from the triangle pattern that we're seeing uh, late November into December and into early January so gold is weathering the storm gold is very steady despite strong US dollar uh, they're moving up in tandem Jerry this is Jeremy this is why it's uh, so exciting to follow the markets today and trying to mute inflation as much as possible, changing the narratives as we discussed earlier uh, with this new variant they want to scale back. Traders are betting against rate hikes. They've scaled back their predictions for rate hikes all because of this new variant, this scare coming out. Uh, but gold bulls are never scared. We never panic. We hold and we do not fold in this market. The number one eight seven seven eight silver on the website, guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, it's, it's about patience. Right, it's about having a little bit of patience. Obviously, anytime you acquire, um, you know, get involved in a market, you want it to go in one direction very quickly. Um, it's not always like that. You know, I was looking at um, some some of our history, and just looking at the fact that in 2016, silver moved from about $17, hit a peak of about $21 that year, and then pulled back into I think the eight. Eight, uh, eight, eighteen dollars, maybe eighteen fifty. At some point that year, it was up over forty-five percent and ended the year about up twenty percent or up eighteen percent. And you know, if you purchased in two thousand sixteen, towards the end of the year, you had to wait until two thousand nineteen to see the gains. Well, that's only three years. I mean, if your outlook is is five years, you beat it. If your outlook is 10 years, you really beat it. Um, you should always have some sort of hedge in your portfolio of gold and silver, a portion. So in that case, you don't even need to think about patience. But I'm just saying for in the sense of putting patience into perspective, I thought it was a longer time than it really was. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it was only a three year period before you know, anyone who was buying at those levels to when the, the market made a massive next stair step higher. Now, I uh, wanted to get to a prediction here, uh, Jerry, for you. What was that? 
Well, um, I'm going to talk about where it came from. Um, Grady out of Switzerland. This comes off of um, King World News, which is a great site for people who want to uh, just keep up to date on what's going on in the gold, gold and silver market. Lots of quick, uh, quick hit articles. <clears throat> but Grady out of Sweden talking about seeing the price of silver hitting three hundred and seventy dollars. We're not talking fifty. We're not talking just breaking a hundred, but three hundred and seventy. And he believes that the market could ge- could go even could go much higher in a very short amount of time before it pulls back into the 350 range. Now, what chart is he looking at for that? He's looking at the ginormous cup and handle that has been created in the silver market over the last decade. So, he believes that the market could easily go to $370 an ounce on silver or much much higher. Now, how can silver start to move higher? When does that ratio between gold and silver start to narrow? It's because as the market starts to move higher and gold starts to move higher, people start to say, oh, gold is getting really expensive or it's really expensive now, you know, which is FOMO. I mean, you have to you have to understand the context of it. Expensive to what? Mm-hmm. Expensive to the debts? I mean, there's $300 trillion in debt in the world and, uh, you know, there's only uh, so many ounces of gold. So... Uh, it's actually very, very much undervalued. And if you want to have fun with it, you can go look at the uh, U.S. debt clock and see what, what gold is worth in today's dollars. So it's very much undervalued. Great timing uh, opportunity to get involved in the market now before you get the stair step higher. But I certainly I, I certainly agree. I believe we can definitely see these type of numbers. Mm-hmm. We've talked about silver going as high as $600. I mean, I've I've heard outlandish calls for thousands um we'll we'll see you know let's get to 50 first unfortunately as this market moves higher the higher it goes the more interest it 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 will get and at this point it's already difficult to get the product right now is a beautiful pocket where the exit doors to this financial system are there the exit door is open. You can go mm-hmm. and get physical gold and right. silver. I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to keep that door open before they slam it shut, market starts running, potentially market goes no bid, and you lost your chance to get involved in the market. And the only way you can do it is go through some sort of dollar exposure version, which has counterparty risk. Mm-hmm. So it's just at, you're it's adding risk on risk. Mm-hmm. So give us a call now learn about how to get involved in this market, hear what we have to say. You know, there's no obligation to to listen to what we have to say. But uh, certainly, if you have your eye on some products, you should get them now before they're out. I know maples are getting more and more difficult. It only takes, you know, one person saying, I want a few monster boxes, and that's it. Yeah. Um, you have a tough time getting new product in. So give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. There's a lot more, so stay with us. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, you, you love that cup and handle chart you were saying? Yeah, I do. Uh, specifically because it's a it's a long time frame. When you pan out to a yearly, to a decade, to a twenty year chart, pretty well trusted. You can follow these. You could follow this technical chart, and it'll 
likely come into fruition. The cup and handle chart is a major bullish setup for any price. And in this case, we're looking at a 20-year cup and handle for silver. And the handle is the launch pad. It, you formed a big high at one, one hand on the left side, down to form the bottom of a cup over the years, and then to form the tail end of a cup. And then now you have scooped into a little handle. And we are at that handle point. This is the launch pad. And why I like this pattern so much is for the purpose of addressing a potential objection of, I think, Jerry, this price of gold specifically is too high. We saw a gold price of 2050 last summer, and I don't want to be buying at the high. Well, I present this chart to have people just digest it. I had to digest it for myself to reckon, should I be buying here myself? And of course, with the fundamentals, confirming the, these technicals, you make an easier decision. You say, I believe that these prices will set up a new, the, the setup is going to project gold and silver to a new leg up, a new step up, highs that we have never seen before. And this is gonna be much, much higher. Usually uh, when the prices start to break from that handle, it goes into a super cycle and uh, this is going to be a very, very exciting time. And yes, check out that 20-year cup and handle. Look into it and give us a call if you have any questions about that chart and, uh, and why it's very important to do uh, get the physical now um, before this next leg up. Yeah, you know, price is what you pay and value is what you get. And right now, both gold and silver are actually incredibly undervalued against all of the other dollar-denominated assets, which are all overvalued. And for good reason. There's been a lot of money printing. The money's got nowhere to go, so it's been going there. The paper price on gold and silver have been tamped down to steal a phrase from the L from the LBMA, uh, London Bullion Market Association. And that's the part where you have to say, I'm not going to believe what I'm seeing on this. Uh, in fact, for us, it's I can't believe we're getting able to buy at these prices. Um, and it's part of the reason why you're seeing higher premiums in the market, because the physical market saying, no, no, no. You can't mm -hmm. buy silver at uh, at you know twenty twenty three fifty. Uh, once the wholesaler gets their hands on the physical product, they're going to say, "Well, what are we going to sell once we sell off this little bit of inventory?" Mm -hmm. Right? We have to raise our prices if we want to stay in business. And and you know that's something that people are seeing all around the world, mm -hmm. right? With supply chain uh, disruptions, they're saying, "Well, I only have so much inventory." And this brings us to another kind of hmm question. If companies can't get products to sell and their inventories are all short because of supply chain disruptions, now the, the, the powers that be can say that's what's causing the inflation. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a ton of product to sell, you can't make a ton of money. No. What are, so, okay, no, so they raise their prices to try to, to, try to offset make offset some of it. But at some point, you're, you're done. If you yeah. run out, you're, that's it. You know, think, 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 uh, think, uh, uh, Russia, right? Think communist Russia. There's only so many items on the shelf. Think Venezuela. And so what is the earnings like on these companies going to be at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Right. How, how, how does the stock market keep moving higher when again, in the real world, you're saying things are getting more expensive. That means people can't buy as much. Mm -hmm. They don't have the inventory, so they can't sell as much. So even this rise in price is not a big offset. I just wanted to put that out there yeah. for, for that for that moment. Yeah, you can't um, and you can't take that risk. And I bring it back to this: the largest American pension plan. 
they had a decade, you know, to try to achieve their goal of six, seven percent per year for these pensions. Now that that super cycle and good stock market gains has literally expired, they're now forced to add leverage to find somewhere to invest in the stock market. Had they have put some gold in that portfolio, they may not have had to adopt some leverage on top of leverage for these you know the the largest pension plan what are we doing here in canada with the, this is why we're seeing canadians taking their 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 liras their pensions you know their nest egg moving it out and into physical gold uh, that has stood the test of time you know this is this is your your you know gold for your golden years and that gold will be there for you and you know when that time comes when you have to retire you know whether it be a, a, a rsp to a riff you know, let's say you're retiring in 20 or 25 years from now. You don't want to take home Canadian dollars. What is the Canadian dollar going to look like 20 years from now? Well, we can give you the gold. You can take delivery of the gold when you turn 71 from your RIF uh, when that time comes. But you're guaranteed to get that gold in a Guildhall RSP and a Lira. I, I, I processed one today. A client had, had a RIF payment due. Yeah. And we took the gold. Um, we... Um, withdrew the gold uh, a portion like the gold amount uh, in kind value yeah. and we are transferring it into a tfsa oh great so the, the gold doesn't idea. leave the vault it just moves from one sub account to the other oh so that's what that's what we're doing on that savvy very savvy i feel like what you were talking about there jerry as well is is in a way saying the time to take risks has passed Right, the pension fund—they could have—they could have even taken a risk with a small portion of the portfolio and bought some crypto, you know, um, or they could have done the leverage way back when. But why are they taking the risk now? It just seems a little odd that it's like, doesn't it seem like the time to take risks is over? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, and and to that end, natural fancy colored diamonds. You know, the longer you hold a natural fancy colored diamond, I mean, it's already a market, especially for rare natural fancy colored diamonds that have virtually no volatility. But then if you add on to the fact that you tend to hold these things for 10, 15, 20 years, you're even flattening out volatility even further. Then they kind of become something multi-generational as well, because we've seen in the pink diamonds, the growth in pink diamonds in particular is huge. Yellow diamonds, they've seen big moves in the past. I think we're going to see that again now that the pink uh, argyle mine is closed and there's only so many. We're actually just researching one of the diamonds uh, this week, and the amount of yellow internally flawless, and even VVS, mm. uh, you know, like two-carat intense VVS yellows, uh, VS yellows all together. It was like 400 diamonds, you know, it was nothing that, that come it, out a year. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was nothing for all of them. Mm-hmm. We're talking all, all clarity grades, oh. not just internally flaw internally flawless. It was like seven. Oh. Um, so they're, they're great investments. Definitely something to consider as well. We'll talk more about it as we go along um, through the show over the next few weeks, especially coming into Christmas. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. The debts don't matter until they do. And, of course, this is all about assets that stand the test of time. Jerry, thank you so much to all our listeners. Thank you for joining us again this week on The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.